This is an ABC podcast. It's time to get out and about in the garden with Rowanna and Sabrina here on ABC Radio Perth and WA. Five past nine on Saturday morning. You know that means it's time for Roots and Shoots. Sabrina Hans in the studio with me. Sabby, hello. Well, hello, Ro. I missed you last week. Well, face to face. Oh, was I here last week? Oh, no, man. that was you... no Tuesday. <laughs> <I> was... <laughs> no, no. Did you know how well I'm going? I'm going. Gosh, did I have a week off? And then you said not face to face, and I'm thinking. <laughs> No, I don't remember you being on ah, the no. dial-in or anything. So. Oh, no, that was, that was Tuesday. Sorry, Ro. I get- don't do that to me. <laughs> well, while we're, really while we're on the topic, I won't be in the studio next week. How's that sound? <laughs> I'll be- noted. Thank you. I'll be, I forgot to tell you, girls. I uh, won't be here next week, being Dunsborough. Oh. But you know, but you're going to give up an hour of yeah, whining and dining absolutely. in Dunsborough too. That's Definitely. all right then. We yeah. can accommodate that. Yep, I'll take the old uh, roadcaster, the my little roadcaster yep. down where the it listeners don't fun. know any different. <laughs> the magic of radio. I do now though. <laughs> 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 just, okay. just drop that in. I can also assure them that Sabrina was in the studio with me last, last Saturday. Week. We didn't last make that week. up. Yeah, I, I, it's been it's a long week. Was it the stake in your ankle that uh, I, messed you up? Or? I don't know what's happening lately. I just seem to be breaking things and puncturing, got a bit of Rio driven through my ankle. Is it your eyes? Uh, no. You're not saying things properly? No, no. Well, it leapt out. See, this is the thing, air. I always blame air. Uh, it's a bit yeah, of air yeah. in between where you're looking your and where your feet are going. <laughs> <laughs> not between my ears. No. Although I think I think that's getting, the capacity's getting larger and larger. Um, so, sorry, on this show this year. Yes. We've had your broken hand. Yep. We've had your busted knee. Yep. Then you cut your hand again yeah, after hand your, again. while your hand was mending. Yeah. Yep, that's right. And now what? You've put an a, a, a piece of Rio straight through my ankle, which it, it's really you know when you you go to your eye get stitched up. The doctor says now you keep off your feet, put it, raise it up, keep off your leg for three days. I just and went, you were the perfect patient, weren't you? I went right, okay. Back in the gum boots, back out to sight. Putting should you be sitting back with your foot elevated or something right now? No, I should have done that a week ago and I didn't. <laughs> Too late. Not going to bother now. Miss that boat. All on the mend, row, all on the mend. Sabrina. That's why I'm doing Tai Chi, to try and slow my pace down a little bit and just get that sense of the, the looking out for stuff that's in that air gap between where you Well, you only need one leg to stand on for Tai Chi, don't you? Uh, it does help. You do need to from oh. time to time, from time to time. So you might want to be a little bit more careful when yeah. you're out. I've decided I'll have uh, – I'm going to have an injury-free week next week. This week I've decided no injuries okay. to self. That would this probably be a hmm. – I'll see how that goes. Yeah, good luck. Good luck. We'll <laughs> check in next Saturday from I Dunsborough. Have, I have to tell people too, no alcohol was involved in this one. It was oh, early in go. the morning, all right? So I <laughs> – Don't assume because it's early in the morning there was no alcohol involved, but you can categorically say there was none. Definitely. Okay. 
Mm. Should we get into some of our callers? Oh, I suppose we should just entertain them a little bit. I won't tear you off on any hot political matters. No. No. no we'll I'll just save, jump straight in. Save that. I'll, <laughs> save, I'll save a little bit each week, I think. I just did a, a little drip line. Yeah. Yeah, mm. very good. 1300 720 if you want to give Sab a call. You've got a question to ask, a problem to be solved. And Matt in Belden can get us underway. Hey, Matt. Good morning. How are you? Yeah, good, good Matt. That's the way, and your, ins- your health insurance premiums will be going up. <laughs> <laughs> I know. All of our health <laughs> insurance premiums will be going up because of you, Sabrina. <laughs> I'm, ho- I'm hoping that I'm, I'm done. I reckon I've had just about every limb stitched over the last year or so. But, uh, you know, it all helps keep you together as you get older, Matt. I'm, I'm working on that. <laughs> well, we've got we to survive somehow. Yes, true. What can we do um, for you? I've got some grass coming up in the garden beds. Yep. I was wondering, is there something in that I can like spray that will kill off the grass that won't kill off other plants? Yep, there certainly is. So there's uh, there is a specific winter grass killer that you can use on buffalo and cooch. What you want is you want a selective herbicide. Now I can't give you the herbicide names, but Um, there's three different products you can use for winter weeds. If you go to a lawn website, so if you type in your little uh, search engine, if you type in winter weed control in lawns, you will get the three things that pop up and they're all easily available and they all work really well. So winter weed control. Yeah, but uh, in lawns. But, of course, all of them, you have to wait for the rain to stop to be oh, able yep, to, yep, yep, spray. Watch Yep, yep. But there's quite, yeah, there's three really good products that will sort that out for you, Matt. All right. Thank you very much. Okay. Good on Thanks you, Matt. for ringing. Thanks for giving us a call. Let's go to Michael now. Good morning, Michael. Hello. Um, I called... Uh, a while back about my orange tree. Ah, oh, Michael! Got, we've got the ad. Can you guys play it? Oh, let me yes. see. It. Hello, Michael. Hello. After 21 years, we finally got some fruit. Is it likely to throw more next year or...? No. No. <laughs> it's a rubbish orange tree, Michael. You could use that to graft something decent on it. Roots and shoots. To tell you what, Michael, I'd be taking a reciprocating saw to that 21-year-old dud. <laughs> and is that what you did, Michael? No. No, I did not take... <laughs> Well, I did not take your advice, Sabrina. I played the ad to the tree. It now has 30 oranges on it. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Listening back to that, I think I was a little bit harsh on you, Michael. (laughs) Yeah, well, the tree thought so because it's got oranges all over it now. Damn that orange tree. I reckon that's it. You scared it into action. That's okay. Hey, Michael, I reckon that's his bloody last death flourish. <laughs> so I reckon, you know, anybody's got a problem with the tree, you just give them the reciprocating saw advice and they play it back to the tree and off it goes. Maybe we could sell that bit of audio, Seth. There's, there's something there that you could... 
download to your phone, buy it, and a little threat about the reciprocating saw. <laughs> oh, Michael, that's absolutely 30 gold. oranges. 30. <laughs> I might come in next week. I'll bring some samples you guys can have a taste. What did you do, though, Michael, to the tree and not took the reciprocating Just played the ad to it. We didn't give it fertilizer or nothing. Just played the ad to it. <laughs> That's brilliant. That is bloody gold, Michael. <laughs> Have you got any any other trouble with any of your other plants that I could help you uh, out with? Probably not really. The roses are a bit shabby, but we know what to do with them. <laughs> uh, if anything else is shabby, he knows what to do yeah, with it that's too it. now. That's so. exactly right. Well, I... <laughs> Michael, thank you for setting us off with that giggle to get uh, underway. You are no a worries. champion, Michael, an absolute <laughs> Absolute champion. I'm so pleased you didn't take notice of any of my advice. And we always (laughs) say follow up. We We, we always say. See, this is the follow up we need, this kind of stuff. Hey, Michael, you've got to promise me that you will ring in again next year when you get bugger all on the fruit. (laughs) And you know what? You know what, Michael? I'm going to come around with my own reciprocating (laughs) suit. <laughs> You're going to be drinking orange juice, orange marmalade, orange cake, orange. Ah, oh, that's so funny. That's it's, fab. It's really, you know, when you listen back to yourself, because I never listen to the no. pro, never listen back, and I just think, oh my God, I'm so rude to people. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, do you know the thing is, some days you are just in that mood. <laughs> Because I, I absolutely noticed that some days it's just, nap, kill it, shoot. The person hasn't even finished asking their question and you're ready to, yeah. Just be ruthless. Just be ruthless. Yeah, well, you know. How hard can I prune? Go your hardest. <laughs> On those days I always think, uh-oh. And that would have been one of those days, I reckon, uh, yeah, that Michael I, I think, called in. I think so. I think so. And what a champion Michael is. What a what How good. Uh, and the fact that. You know, we don't make that many promos out of no, the gardening segment. No. But there managed to be one about his orange tree. <laughs> oh, Michael, oh, you are a gem. That's, yeah, that's fabulous. And we do always ask for people to, I'm, you know, take the advice and then come back to us and let us know how it goes. Definitely. Now, who's Love brave it. enough, I guess? <laughs> Frank, Hardy, Gordon, Sharon and Robin still want your advice, oh, oh, okay. irrespective of all of that. One of them's so. about pruning as well. <laughs> I don't be worried. Frank, uh, down in Albany, good morning to you. Uh, good morning, girls. Morning, Frank. Good morning, Sabrina. I'd like to know how you managed to accurately count 30 oranges, to be honest. Oh, uh, well, I tell you what, Frank, if you've only got 30, you would count every single one. And not only that, it's a vast improvement on the one that he had the year before. Or the zero you oh, the zero. predicted he was Yeah, that's have. right. <laughs> oh, dear. I've met a friend in uh, Bridgetown. She's got a grapefruit tree. Mm-hmm. Up till now, it's produced beautiful, big, juicy grapefruit. Yeah. But this when she peels them, they're just a mass of pith and a okay. very, very poor grapefruit in the middle. What could cause that? Okay. So, uh, it, number one, it can be the age of the grapefruit Num- because sometimes the grapefruit will revert back to one of its parents or grandparents or great-grandparents. Um, the other thing that can cause that is massive amounts of nitrogen where they've had 
to an imbalance of um, fertilizers. So a lot of nitrogen. So if you're using a lot of manure, for example, um, so a lot of nitrogen, not enough potassium, manganese, magnesium, all those sorts of doodads. Um, so uh, <coughs> in in the wake of Michael's phone call, she needs to prune that really <laughs> hard, but not 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 take it out. Just give it a really hard prune. It's not a very big tree. It's only about six or seven foot high. It's only about uh, eight or nine years old. Oh, it's got plenty of life left in it. So, okay, in that case, a light prune. Well, you could take yep. you could take thirty percent off easy, um, yep. and just be little and often with the fertilizer for citrus. Right, so, and when when is the best time to prune it? Uh, well, well, if it had fruit, when it finishes fruiting. So there's all so many different grapefruits that fruit at different times of the year. Um, so. The only time you don't prune is from November through to March. It's just it's a very smallish tree, but it's always got a mass of passion fruit. Maybe some pruning probably would help, would it? Yeah, I think so, definitely. Yep, it'll encourage it to grow a bit. Good on you, Frank. Thanks for giving us a call, uh, Sab. Couple of texts on the back mm. of laughing with um, Michael. Oh my stars! What a tonic this gardening show is. It's worth <laughs> bottling. Thanks, guys. Oh my goodness! You need to sell audio of Sab laughing. Priceless from Marvina. Uh, D from Denmark says, "Please, please, please, can we get Sabrina's laugh admitted to the National Sound Archive?" <laughs> <laughs> Bloody classic. Ah, <laughs> oh, Michael, uh, just yeah. He's we always like a bit of fun on Rex and do. Shoots, and we that do. absolutely gave us that. Yeah, let's not take gardening too seriously, folks. No, absolutely not. Heidi's down in Cojanup. Good morning. Good morning, ladies. Thank you for taking my call. I have got a pruning question. Yeah, I've been away for a couple of years, so my stone fruit trees, so um, plums and cherries, etc. Hmm. and my apples haven't been pruned for a couple of years. Okay. How hard can I go, Sabrina? <laughs> <laughs> uh, be, don't be ask concerned, me that Heidi. question. Okay. Um, now, cherry trees, not hard. Okay. Um, apples, you can prune hard. What was the other one? Uh, pl- plums, so plums. prune and green gauge. Yeah, okay. So plums and apples, you can go harder. You've got to be careful with your cherry tree, though. So okay. now with your plums and your apples, you have to take out – so it's better to have them in a V-shape. Um, yep. So some of the limbs, if they haven't been pruned for a few years, some of the limbs you will take off to the trunk and have your yep. leader stems coming off that. There yep. are some – Excellent uh, YouTube videos on how to know which stem to prune. So basically, you could go fifty percent with your—I don't know which apples you've got—but on your, on your apples and your plums. Gala, yeah. Okay, yeah. so now with apples, there's for fruiting. So you really need to sort of look at where the fruiting spurs will be. Okay. Um, and they're on normal rootstock. They're not on dwarf rootstock. Normal, normal, normal stock, rootstock. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 So, so if that you know, you will need to give them a good forty percent, fifty percent prune to get Beautiful. them back into the shape. But cherries only a third off. Excellent. Love it. Okay. Thank you very much, Sabrina. Marvelous. Have a great day. Thanks, Heidi. 
Good on you, Heidi. Of course, um, text messages 0437922720. You can also email, which is the best thing to do if you need Sab to have a look at your problem. Perth weekends at your.abc.net.au. I shouldn't say just their problems. You're welcome to brag too. Oh, yeah. Um, we want, we we want people bragging. Um, Kerry has sent an email through to that yes. address. Hi, ladies. Are you able to advise me on what to do with my passion fruit? It's not looking great. It's about seven years old and currently fruiting. When can I prune it and how much? What can I feed it and how often? Or do I pull them out and start again as I show Sabrina what the yes. passion fruit now, is looking like? So for people that can't see that, the top two-thirds of the passion fruit is dead, dying or is about to. I don't know. It looks like it might be in a pot. Now, if you have got seven years out of a passion fruit, you are doing really well mm. and now it's at the end of its life. So rather than muck around trying to get it to struggle through another year, pull it out, put a new one in. <laughs> Rip it out. Get the reciprocating. You don't need a reciprocating saw with passion fruit. <laughs> not, not that serious a job. Cows like eating them. Passion fruit. So oh. if you've got a cow hanging around the, the, the traps, you know, up and down the street, then cow chew that off for you and you don't have to prune it at all. 21 past nine on Roots and Shoots. Sam from Jero has texted already. Sabrina, not sure why my messages oh. haven't been coming through, but I'm still here and judging your music, oh. even if my messages aren't coming through. Oh, Sam. Give us about eight minutes, Sam, and you can judge the latest offering. Yeah, absolutely. Sab's I think pick of the week. I reckon Sam will like this pick of the reckon? week this week. Yeah, I reckon he will. All right, we'll get another email in. Good morning, Rowan Sabrina. I've been trying to get these picks to you for a couple of weeks. Oh. So have my fingers and toes crossed they come through this week. There you go, Sharon in Geraldton. It's happened. Yes. This plant came up in a pot that I had put potting mix in and planted some orange jasmine seeds. I thought that was what these were. However, I have nothing in my garden that resembles these flowers. Able, are you able to tell me what they are? And I'm putting Sab on the spot because I haven't even let her have a look at it beforehand. Ah, that's not a jasmine. Now, that looks like a... Um forgotten the name of it uh it is a it's a perennial from south africa or the mediterranean and i can't think of its name but it will it will come to me so uh sharon, sharon i we i'm going to take your email and i will check it in my i've seen that plant in my mediterranean book and i can't remember what the name is it's a really pretty sort of softy apricot yes, pink color yeah flower um, um sharon did say it looks almost like it could be a climber do you know no it's definitely not, not. a climber okay. no it's a shrub it's a shrub and right. it's a medium sized shrub so it gets to about Two metres, one and a half to two metres. One and a half, really. We'll get to some more of your emails as well as your texts shortly, but we've got callers waiting patiently. So we'll go to Gordon, who's down in Kelmscott. Hey, Gordon. Good morning. Thanks for taking the call. Okay. Another question on passion fruit. Yes. My passion fruit, it's, I got it from the green, big green yep. hardware store. Yep. It's a Panama red. Yep. And it's got some of the fruits approaching the size of tennis ball. Should I start thinning them out? No, because what will happen with your passion fruit, Gordon, is they'll thin themselves out. Um, okay. So you you won't you never need to thin the fruit out on passion fruit. Passion fruit has an enormous capacity to hold on to its fruit. Uh-huh. So, um, sorry, go. Uh, so leave yeah, leave them on. Yeah, it, it's still 
developing this fruit and it's still flowering. Yeah, I know. They're, well, it's been a pretty wacko year for passion fruit. They seem to be fruiting and flowering through winter. So, yeah, this is its first season. It's only about just over 12 months old, I suppose. Yeah, so there's not too much we can do about that. If people want fruit in summer, then the best thing to do is to give your passion fruit a hard prune <laughs> in, in spring, in September. Okay. So, um, and then and then you'll get all the because the fruit develops on the new growth. So you prune in September, and then summertime you get all your fruit. Thanks, Gordon. Uh, Gary, just want to follow up on your cherry trees. Why ah. only thirteen off cherry trees? Why only th- oh a third to prune? Oh, um, I was thinking, what did you say yeah, about thirteen? And I thought oh. I wasn't listening again. No, no, one third. That a would be correct. A third to prune. Um, cherry trees get burnt. They get sunburnt. If you take too much off uh, during summer, all the the bark gets burnt. Um, and cherries form on clusters a bit slightly different to apples. Okay. So you need you need more growth around your cherry tree rather than pruning them like you would espalier uh, or your stone fruit. Beautifully done. Sharon in Canningvale, good morning. Hello. Hello, Thanks Sharon. Thanks for taking my call. Thanks for taking my call. Um, blue grey aphids mm-hmm. on broccoli and cabbages. What can I do about them? Uh, it's such a... Okay, so for aphids, you can use any of the um, potassium soap sprays. You can use an eco oil and you can use pyrethrum. Now, the life cycle of those aphids is very quick. So you're going to have to spray every seven days for three consecutive times. Because your first spray, you'll kill the adults, but then you've got all the new hatchlings that will be coming up. Some adult uh, aphids give birth to live babies. They just shoot them out. Like... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then others lay eggs. So... um, Thank you. I was going to ask, but I was trying not to. (laughs) It's amazing watching aphids push out Fresh More babies, aphids. yeah, that's sort of <laughs> like that. It's it's a joy to behold, but not when they're on your broccoli say, and your cabbage. Sharon's finding too joyful. Um, and they, look, they love brassicas. So um, the only other thing that's not good, no, you can spray them with an ice spray because I don't like. If you got frost, uh, knocks off all your. No. Yeah, but uh, I don't think you're going to get frost in Canningvale, Sharon. <laughs> Not this winter. <laughs> Not this winter, no, um, no. The problem is that with spraying is that as soon as they appear, they curl over the leaf so that the spray uh, will yes, yes, yes. get to them. Yes. Well, in that case, what you do is you take your veggies in, you fill up your kitchen sink with water and you soak your veggies and all the aphids float to the top. Hmm. Um, and you might eat a few when you, but won't it, do you any harm. Won't do you any harm, but it's yeah. So if you soak your veggies in water, you don't have to do it for long. Ten minutes, they all float to the top, and then that's you could skim them off and make a little. <laughs> you could make a little aphid soup for something. <laughs> the cost of a lettuce, there might be a little tiny bit of cabbage left in that aphid, and you could recycle it. I don't know at what point people are getting real advice or just <laughs> absolute madness this morning, but 
Robin in Kingsley has yes. been brave enough to <gasps> seek advice. Ooh, on an orange on tree. An orange, oh, after God. your effort already oh. this morning. Robin. Yes. Come on <laughs> down. <laughs> well, I've got two orange trees and I get a massive amount of oranges to bring up. But um, the only problem is the uh, navel, the oranges are splitting. The Valencia, oh. they seem to be okay. But the Valencia are a lot smaller this year. Yep. Um, so splitting of the skin is uh, because you get uh, rainfall at certain points of time when, it's, when the cells are being made to make the fruit. So right. that's so happened. Blowing at, them out. Yeah, yeah, so the cells can't absorb that amount of moisture and then they burst. So there's right. really nothing you can do about it, Robin. It's just no, they go mouldy quite quick. I drop, yeah. I pick them up every day, and they, I just cut the bad bit off and juice yep. the rest or yep. eat them. Yep, yep, yep. I don't waste them. Oh yeah. God, no! Nothing wrong no. with a little bit of mould in your orange, I say. It doesn't need the reciprocating <laughs> saw. No, no need to take out the reciprocating saw for you, Robin. <laughs> <laughs> and then the uh, <laughs> the um, oh, you got me all mixed up now. Oh, the sorry. Um, <laughs> Valencia. So the other orange, yes. the, the, the uh, Valencia, yes. um, I had a massive amount last year and they were quite large oranges. This year they're small. Is that because they have a lean year every yeah. other year? Yeah, uh, biennial fruiting you'll get on all your oranges. So one year you get a bump crop, the next year not so much. And if you don't get another crop the year after that, that's when I recommend the reciprocating saw. <laughs> so um, that's quite normal. That's quite normal. Nothing to worry about there. Good on you, Robin. The orange calls and questions are coming in thick and fast. Suzanne writes, morning, ladies. I have a Washington navel that's about two and a half metres tall that I need to shift. What's the best way to shift? Um, That is how much to prune, how deep to dig. So take um, a third off all around the top and the sides. Don't move your citrus when it's got fruit on it. And most of the oranges are fruiting now. So you're going to have to wait until – if you've got fruit on it, I would definitely wait until August um, and then dig it up and move it in August. Okay. There you go, Suzanne. Colin also wants to talk about oranges. Good morning, Colin. He's in Wickerpin. Morning, girls. Um, Sam, I've got a – Mandarin and an orange tree in pots. Yeah. And the leaves on both of them are curling in. What what's the matter? Uh, it can be that the the they're too oh, so they're in a pot. Are the pots lifted up off the ground, Colin? They they've got little bricks under them. Okay. Yeah. So sometimes that can be uh, because the root system's got too wet or they're too pot bound. How long have they been in the pots? About 18 months. Oh, well, no, no, that's that's all good. They should be happy as in there. Um, mm, have you had Are any... something? Well, it, I don't think it's a nutrient problem because the leaves... Would, wouldn't curl, they just go all blotchy with different colours in it. It can be a yeah. response to the weather as well. Have you had much cold weather lately? Sure have. Yeah, so I think it's just a response to the weather, Colin. Right, and, and the orange tree, sorry, uh, a quick one, has got new fresh, some new fresh shoots on them. Should I cut them off? Or no, what? no, 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 no. Leave all that. that. You want that to harden up before summer. 
Leave okay, those fresh okay. leaves. Might need to give it a bit of fertiliser and um, and water that in well. Beautiful. There we go, Colin. Thank you. Uh, so it must be just about time, I oh, think. I reckon so. Give you a couple of minutes of rest. Been working your hard this morning. Well, look, I haven't even killed anything yet. <laughs> I bet you know of. I know, two passion fruit. Kill them. Oh, yeah, yeah you they're did too. gone. All right, 28 to 10. It is that time again. It is Sabrina's musical pick of the week. Pick of the week. I know you're going to dig this. Here we go now. What you got for us, Sabby? Well, I think Sam will approve of this one Mm because I thought I'd go a little bit of Florence and the Machine. I like Florence and the Machine. Yeah, I do too. Um, So this track is called Free. Let's take a listen. Which is what our listeners get when they ring up. Free advice. (laughs) Sometimes it works. (laughs) Sometimes not so much. Here we go. A gentle finish to that one, Sab. Beautiful. I I reckon Sam will be a goer for that. Yeah, I think you might be right. Yeah. Um, great live sound that doesn't feel like it's been through the sound a million dozen times. Well chosen ah! from William. Ripper. Um, Sam from Jero. Sabrina, you really don't know me at all, do you? Well thought of anyway. Not a big fan of Florence. Oh, Sam. Her voice just grates him for some oh, reason. Break my heart, Sam. That's rough. Um, great song, Sabby. Another texter. Um Great live sound. I oh, know, I read you that one. That's come through a few times. This text thing just wants to do its own thing sometimes. But I think, other than Sam, right. you've primarily got thumbs up from um, Malcolm in Carnarvon. Says 10 out of 10 for this one. Thank Better you, than chopping down a large orange tree. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, I might just be uh, hanging out with Malcolm and not hanging out with Sam anymore. <laughs> yeah, well, that's right. <laughs> We did have another texter um, sent through a comment which made me laugh that um, essentially they'd missed what we were laughing about. I missed beginning. Oh. I missed the beginning part of Sab's reason to laugh hilariously, but was so infectious and made me laugh, though I don't know what was funny. Can you repeat, please? We could never quite repeat and capture it, but you can go on to the website. It stays up um, after the show for seven days, the show, and you only need to listen to about the first 15 minutes. Yeah, that's right. And you'll understand we got um, a caller reminding us of some advice Sab <laughs> gave to take to the orange tree with a reciprocating <laughs> saw. A promo was made out of it. It was yeah. great, funny audio, good banter. And then we've been told that, well. We've well, got feedback from, yeah, got feedback from Michael. It didn't need the reciprocating <laughs> saw and the orange tree is thriving. <laughs> but well worth going back and listening to. And, of course, if you don't already, um, aren't already subscribing to the podcast, then you should do that because that's another way if you miss the show or you just want to hear a, hear it back um, a certain part of it, then you can easily do that. 1300 222 720 if you want to give us a call. 0437 922 720 if you want to send us a text. And if you've got a photo that you need Sabrina to look at, the best thing to do is send an email to Perth Weekends with an S on the end at your.abc.net.au which is what uh, Penelope has done, who's new to Wanneroo, and she sent a big help, help, help to Sabby. Can you please tell me what on earth this plant is? Sab, you've had a bit of a look at it. Yeah. It, it, you're right. You were, we were talking about it during the song. It was like yeah. a big yam or something. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Um, 
How would you in fact, describe one, what you're looking one at? One of the root systems looks like a dead rat. Yeah. Uh, it's like sort it's of, covered in bark or something. Yeah. Now, I, I reckon oh, it does look like a dead rat and then, and then the two It really little, does with the legs. Yeah. Ugh. Now, I reckon because it's, it's ex-market garden. Yeah. So Honorary, I reckon yep. it's either a daikon. D-I-A-C-O-N, or it could even be Mangle Wurzel, okay. which is not a medieval weapon of torture for <laughs> hobbits. Um, it, so, so they are both yam-like. Uh, and unless I can see it close up, I can't be sure, but it's definitely got a yam-like appearance. Mm. So I, I reckon either daikon, Mangle Wurzel, Part of that family, it's um, it's not horseradish. So, uh, but for God's sake, don't eat it. Yeah, you need it needs to be positively identified. Yeah. Yep. Beautiful. Brian from Kingsley says, Sabrina, good choice this week. So that's Ooh. another thumbs up for you. Um, Neil in Balladura has been waiting patiently online. So let's go to him, 1300 720 but he does want to talk about pruning. Oh, we love the pruning. We love the pruning. G'day, Neil. I'm bloody nervous now. <laughs> you should be. <laughs> or your plant should be more to the point. Yeah. Good morning, ladies. Good We've got morning. A, um, We've got an umbrella tree that's been in a pot for about 12 years now. Yeah. It's a, bit of a, it's a bit of a family heirloom because we gave it to our son when he was in hospital and it's Aww. grown ever since. Oh, anyway, that's beautiful. Well, we don't want to kill it. No. But it needs, um, it needs a bit taken out of the top of it. It's about two metres high now in this pot and it's about, I suppose, um, been repotted two or three times. Yeah. Can I prune it back? You it's most got, it's got definitely can. Yes. Yeah. Now, the thing about umbrella trees, Neil, is when you cut the top off, it actually encourages shooting from the base. So yeah. you will never, ever kill your umbrella tree by pruning unless you prune it like two-thirds off. So you can very safely take 50% off. Um, and then you get a thicker, bushier umbrella tree. Yeah, it started to shoot at the bottom now. And okay. I just wasn't sure. Yeah, yeah so um, that's an indication now. Once it starts sending out shoots at the base, you cut its head off. Excellent. Hmm. Great. Thank you for that. Okay. Thank you, Neil. Okay. Thank you. Good on you, Neil. Now, Trudy would like the email address again. I completely understand, Trudy. I feel like I say it a lot, but I also understand you do need to hear it a few times um, to catch it. So Perth Weekends with an S on the end. That's all one word, Perth Weekends at your, Y-O-U-R dot A-B-C dot net. If you missed it that time, just give us a call on 1300 720 and Eber Elena will be able to um, repeat it for you more slowly. But, yes, that is the best way to get through um, photos so that Sab can have a look at them and, and help you out. Back on the phones, though, Murray is in Melville. Hey, Murray. Oh, how are you going? I've got an orange slash broccoli. I haven't, oh, just to be clear, yes. just to be clear, I haven't created... Orange broccoli. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> uh, I've heard of, you know, different coloured broccoli, but not an orange one. And if it is, it's covered in an insect of some sort. So the broccoli question, yes. I've got two patches of broccoli. They're an old Calabrese oh, yeah, variety, yeah. which I had in the garden, and they're about four metres apart. Yes. One is surrounded 
is in a slightly raised garden yeah. with uh, cherry tomatoes, a bit of basil and that. Yeah. Not an aphid, not an aphid in sight, and yet there's a head there the, the size of a, a baseball. Wow. Not an aphid in sight. Yeah. Four metres away, heaps of aphids. <laughs> Why is it so? Is The cherry tomatoes, is that a companion plant that aphids don't like or something like that? No, not necessarily. Oh, the, the leaves of tomatoes uh, give off a... Um, sort of a bitter smell. Um, so maybe that could be it. I know people that have grown spring onions in amongst their broccoli and that seems to have repelled as well. It can be just tiny little traces of different climates within the garden bed. But if the broccoli slash tomato has worked for you, then I would keep that up because it's very difficult to control aphids. Yeah. Not, a, not a sign of white fly in that patch either, but it, there is in the other patch with aphids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if that works for you, you carry on, <laughs> Murray. Thanks, Murray. Thanks for giving us a call. We're going to go straight to Roslyn, who's in Cloverdale. Hey, Roslyn. Oh, hi, how are you? This isn't actually a question as such. Um, I've got, I belong to the Diggers Club and they send me magazines. Yes. And there's one there that's got a thing in there called a white cedar. Yes. And I thought, that looks like Cape Lilac to it me. It is. So I looked it up and it yep. is a Cape Lilac. Yeah. Now, they say that it is West Australian and it doesn't grow anywhere else in Australia, just in Western Australia. And it came from, they said Iran, but apparently other places in Asia as well. But we consider them a menace here. And the, but they are recommending that people grow them. Well, um, so the white cedar tree, we, what we call the Cape Lilac, the eastern states call it a white cedar tree. Mm-hmm. Um, now, there's still uh, botanists are still they're not sure whether it was it's all come through Asia into Australia or if it's our only deciduous tree that we have in Australia. But it's definitely um, Asiatic, prefers a warmer mm. climate goes fully deciduous over east where they get frost. Um, it's not considered a weed here in WA. Yeah, I know. It's not a declared weed, but they, no. you know, they're usually a menace and they have poisonous berries on them. Oh, yeah, yeah. You've got to make sure that no children go near them yeah. and decide to eat them. Yeah. The only thing that can eat them is black cockatoos. Yeah, the cockatoos absolutely love them. Um, now, there's so many poisonous trees around people would pr- probably die of shock if they knew how how many poisonous plants there were. The berries uh, are definitely toxic. Um, most children don't put that sort of toxin in their mouth because it's extremely bitter. Mm. But, look, I think the Cape Lilac tree is a beautiful tree and they use them in the early days because it's one of the most fire-retardant trees. So they were always planted next to the house mm. as, as, a, as a fire break. Let's go down to Bustleton now. Hello, Margaret. Oh, good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Um, Mulch, I've just read some melaleuca. I think it's in Kana, the honey myrtle. Yeah. And it's it'll clear your sinuses. It's so beautiful. Yeah. Oh, yes, it's gorgeous. Is that okay in mulch? I do generally put it under the um, chook roost before I put it in the mulch pile. Yep. 
no worries whatsoever. Margaret, I'd encourage you to put a little bit of something like blood and bone or a little bit of fertiliser with it to help it start breaking down. But, yep, that mulch will be absolutely fine. Thanks, Margaret. Three quick texts. Let's get through them. This is from Anne. Morning, ladies. I'm in Bassendine and would like to plant a deciduous tree in front of the house to shade a bedroom that is west-facing. Okay. Uh, West-facing, so it's going to cop the heat. You've got things like Circus, C-E-R-C-I-S, quite a few of those. They're a nice little tree. Um, If I wanted a small deciduous tree in, I'd put an apple tree in. I think they're a beautiful tree. And if you only put one apple in, you won't have to worry about apples because you won't get them unless you get a double grafted one. (laughs) (laughs) There you go, Anne. Uh, Sebastian writes, hi, Sabrina, can I propagate a dragon blood tree now? How do I do this soil? Yes, you're better off if you can wait until spring. But if you've got the big cutting of the Dracaena Draco now, you'll need to prop it up because they're very heavy. You need a really good quality free-draining potting mix. Just pot it up in a pot and put it somewhere where it's nice and warm, uh, full sun. There you go, Sebastian. Uh, Daphne gave us a call in Bankshire Grove. Mm. When can she prune her potted apple trees? Well, she could do it the, in July. Are we in July yet? No, we're mm. still June. Yeah, just. Yeah, do it yep. in July. Yep. Okay. And Jean has sent us a photo. She's come via the email. Yes. And she has got a money tree in her office <laughs> and it's looking very sad. Now, Jean says... <laughs> Jean has sent us, she sent us a picture of a half-dead stick. With some real dry soil that looks like my potted plants look like. Nothing. Got nothing on it, Now, this is serious for Jean. Sorry, sorry. Because she's been told that this tree or plant is 14 years old and it's flourished till recently. Oh. And she works in a business where, you know, they have billing cycles and this money tree brings them good fortune. (laughs) Is there anything she can do to restore it? It usually sits in the reception area but has been relegated to the kitchen. (laughs) I'd be relegating that to (laughs) the recycle. I'm not kidding you. That's what the plants at my house look like. Oh, Oh, look at that. Oh, gee. Okay. So uh, for a start, it needs water. It looks as dry as the desert. Um, I'd cut its head off. Um, you're going to need to spend a bit of money on your money tree to get it to come good. As in replace it? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Cut its head off, just take a third off, take it outside, give it a bloody good water, um, give it some fertiliser and then pray. I don't think um, I don't think those trees like being in a purple pot. If I was a money tree, yep. I wouldn't want to be in a purple pot. Okay, I think the colour of the pot's appalling. Well, the dockers are going well though. Oh yeah, but for a plant, oh, okay, like different for a football team, clearly. Yeah, but um, yep. Okay. Good luck. <laughs> we're going to go back to the phones now because. Poor Jean. She's Poor Jean. yeah. We can't offer much Sorry, more there. Jean. Catherine is in Badgingara. Hey, Catherine. Hello, how are you? Yeah, good, Catherine. All right, we have a one-sided bottle brush. Yes. Um, the callo- uh, Calothamnus. Yes, yeah. um, the quadrophytus. Yes. Am I saying that yes. correctly? Yes. Um, it was growing really well and yesterday it fell off at the base. It oh. broke off. Oh. Um, the roots are still in the ground. Oh. It was really, really healthy. I think it just got too heavy. 
Um, it was kind of growing on a little bit of an angle. Yeah. Um, will it shoot from the roots that are still in the ground or can we take a cutting or what can we do to save it? I would definitely be taking a cutting. I don't like your chances of it reshooting from what's left. Okay. So, yeah. It'll grow from a cutting? Yeah, they grow really well from a cutting. So Okay. Yep. So I'd be doing that. Now, you need to take the tip cuttings though. Catherine, okay. come yep. down a little bit. Leave the leave the root system in and see if it does re-strike. It's a bad time of the year for it to reshoot, though. Okay. Um, but I doubt very much. So take some tip cuttings, put them in potting mix. Um, in you know, you can put a few cuttings in the one pot. Get a, mm-hmm. a two-litre water container, cut it the bottom out of it, so you make a little cloche for it, like a little tent. To keep mm-hmm. the to keep the warmth in, so okay. Oh yeah, yeah, I got you. All right, we'll do. Okay. Good on you, Catherine. Good, Catherine. You. Now, for people that, um, if you're out and about in your garden and you've noticed that you've got slime mould coming right. up, this Monday the WA Gardener's Circle they have guest speakers. Right. So uh, Faye Arcaro is um, Acaro is talking about slime moulds, and Darren Thorpe, who fills oh, in for me, oh, we love Darren. Away, yeah. Darren's doing a presentation on her favourite. WA gardens and also overseas gardens that have exceptional design. So that's at the South Perth Community Centre in South Perth at 6.40pm. Doors are open. There's plant sales. You can buy plants there. <laughs> so um, that so that's this coming Monday night. So if you want a little bit of inspiration during a winter time and you want to look at beautiful gardens, uh, head on down there at six forty seven o'clock and listen to Darren and Faye. Beautiful. Thank you, Sab. Um, one texter has given some advice to Jean with her money tree. Oh, yes. The writing is on the tree. Sell your business, ASAP. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We've got a bank full of calls and we've got about five minutes to go. So we're going to rocket through these. Mel is going to kick us off in Geraldton. How can we help, Mel? Oh, hi there, ladies. Um, thanks for taking my call. Um, I've uh, recently been feeding a lot of Leighton's Green as a windbreak. Yeah. And um, when I was planting them, I noticed a lot of them had, like, double trunks. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. And is it okay to take one of them off? Yeah, you can, but you have to do it. You have to do it straight away, Mal. So with all those conifers, you cannot prune them hard once they're established. So if you're going to do that, then you need to do it now. All right. Thank you, Mal. Let's go to Rosie, who's in Mount Pleasant. How can we help, Rosie? Good morning. Hello, Sabrina. Thank Hi, you for Rosie. My call. No worries. Um, Sabrina, I'm, I've been given a sandpaper wattle from Kings Park, which yeah. just looks fabulous. Yeah. Um, but I'd like to plant it at the back of a house at Peppermint Grove Beach. It's in a really sheltered area where things do well. Yes. Um, and it's fairly poor soil, which yep. should suit it. But it's close to foundations. I'm not sure about the oh, root you system. Oh, you won't need to worry about the root system. And the sandpaper wattle, Rosie, you're probably only going to get five to eight years out of it, get yes, go and get some gravel. Put it in with gravel or loam because it prefers that gravelly soil. Um, but it, you've got no problem whatsoever with the root system, none at all. All right, we're going to go to John in Margaret River. Last time we went to John at this point in the show, well, we... 
descended into chaos. But apparently John's got a genuine question today. Ah, hello, John. Hello, John. Oh, hi, guys. <laughs> oh, I, I mistakenly thought it was a hairy book. <laughs> <laughs> the, woman, the woman next door is an elderly Bush You're going to get us in trouble, John. And, yeah. and the kids avoid it like the plague. So. Oh, I can only imagine, John. I can only imagine. Have you got a question for Sabrina today, John? Because yeah. I know it's a native, but how much can I prune a native? Oh, okay. That depends on the native. So if it's the so the woolly bush, you cannot prune. It's an Adenanthus. Now. Most Adenanthus, uh, you can't prune hard, John. So don't take more than a third off it. If you go into the hardwood, you're going to kill it. So Simple as that. Simple as that. Good on you, John. Thanks for giving us such a giggle last time. Uh, Sandy is with us from Albany. Hey, Sandy. Hi. Um, I just wanted to let Sabrina know, uh, I asked some time ago if I could grow a pineapple in Albany. Oh, yes. It grew and it ripened and it was beautiful. Oh, oh, Sandy, did Sabrina tell you you couldn't? No, she oh, told she me I could. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Sandy, that is wonderful news. Thank you so much for giving us an update. That's all right. Bye. <laughs> Bye. See you, Sandy. Um, Con in Spearwood mm-hmm. has called about the Cape Lilac, had serious issues with dogs reacting very poorly oh. to the point of needing steroids from the vet and daughter's allergies also severely affected. So he moved and the allergies improved. Wow. Yeah. So the um, Cape Lilac, which is Melia Zedorak, is related to the neem tree. And so oh. neem oil is used as an insecticide. So um, like all poisonous trees, you must be very careful. Some people will react and other people won't. We've had this one a few times, Sab. Robin's got a very hungry Quenda digging up her back lawn. (laughs) What advice do you give? Gotta love the Quenda. Just love the Quenda, I say. Love the Quenda. Don't worry about the lawn. If it's someone (laughs) as clumsy as me, I'd obviously trip in it and break limbs. But I think we have to love the Quenda. At the end of the day. And the lawn and the quenda need to live in harmony. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's just aerating the lawn for you. Perhaps a little more than you would have anticipated. (laughs) But nevertheless, it's all good. Love the quenda. Helen and Kareen, good morning. Is it safe to have wisteria with dogs and cats? Uh, It depends if you've got puppies that chew everything. Uh, Most people I know that have wisteria have not lost their pets to wisteria. Okay. uh, Sarah in Margaret River, oh, she's just letting us know that she actually has ringtail possums that oh. love her cape lilac. Uh, oh, the ringtails eat them too. Mm, that's interesting. Um, hi, girls. I have a ponytail that has five or six pups on the actual bulb. Mm. Can oh. I take them and propagate them? If so, how and when do I do it? Thanks okay. in advance. Wouldn't do it until spring and you need like a sharp scalpel, a knife or a okay. machete or something, <laughs> something like that because um, you have to get part of the cells of the of the bulb. Now, don't do it in winter because the base of the the mature ponytail might rot. Okay. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.